This is Social Distance Warriors. It's a podcast where we talk about the pandemic and uh, sometimes things that are only tangentially related to the pandemic. Uh, my name is Tom, and I am not an expert and should not be consulted for, you know, health information or recommendations. And my name is Rachel, and I don't even know how I feel, but also you should not view me as an expert either. Mm, you don't know how you feel? I don't even know how I feel. Um, is that a new development? <laughs> generally. Well, no, but especially this past week, I, I don't know if you have felt similar emotional whiplash, um, but particularly, I guess, in the past week, I feel it needs to be said that J.K. Rowling, like, <laughs> she really did go full uh, turf, as they say, um, and quite a lot of, like, transphobic things happening in the news, but then like to wake up this morning and the Supreme Court uh, passed a ruling saying, actually, you shouldn't and can't fire people for their sexual orientation or gender identity. And it is just um, a good thing, but also it's been quite a week. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a lot. I um, I was only dimly aware of that because I have uh, I've disconnected from Twitter for the moment. I'm not using Twitter, which is my main has, has always been <laughs> my main source of. Uh, it's not like getting my news from Twitter. Twitter usually points me in the direction of the news, but um, I heard about that, but I haven't really heard any of the details about like why that happened because I was not expecting it to happen. Yeah, I did want to just see how that is going for you being um, off. Is it just Twitter or all social media? Uh, for the past week or so. Well, um, I'm not using Instagram either, but I am using like Slack and Discord and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I was just wondering, like, I guess socially. Um, you know, I uh, it's been it's been interesting because I feel like especially during the pandemic, I've been probably paying more attention to Twitter than is strictly healthy. Uh, and so I recently started using a uh, content blocker. There are various different programs out there that will allow you to block distracting websites um, in various ways. And uh, I basically set it up so I can't access Twitter. Well, I've deleted the app from my phone and uh, I can't access it through the browser on my, my desktop computer. So every time I try to go to Twitter and I do unintentionally, my fingers will, the second I have like a moment free, yeah. <laughs> I will reflexively uh, open Twitter. This is a, something I've done for most of my life using the internet. Um, like there's always been a series of websites that I will just reflexively open without even thinking about it. Uh, and doing that and being met not with Twitter, but with a, uh, a, message, a message saying, hey, you can't look at this has really highlighted to me how often I unintentionally get sucked into Twitter. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I, um, I caved a little bit yesterday and ended up looking at Twitter and, um, I found something that made me mad and got like dragged into a, um, reading something about an argument. I don't even remember what it is now. Um, but there was something, there was something that I have no reason to care about, but all of a sudden it made me mad and I started caring about it and I was like, well, wait a second. This isn't, this isn't what I want to be doing. So yeah. So how is Twitter without me? How is it? How's it doing? <laughs> Uh, uh, it, it does go on, but there's just, yeah, been quite a lot of news, whether or not Twitter is how you get it. Um, I've, I've also like had to explain, uh, because the Washington Post, like on paper, uh, we are a house that get a paper newspaper. Uh, they posted an article, um, not posted, printed on, on the paper <laughs> about, uh, JK Rowling's tweets and my parents who see me as a Harry Potter fan and they're, you know, like, oh, you like Harry Potter. So anything like when 
earlier this month, for some reason, J.K. Rowling decided she was going to publish a children's book. So they were like, oh, did you see this? Um, so I had to, like, tediously uh, explain what uh, a turf is to my father uh, <laughs> this past week uh, offline, which, like... I don't know. I, I find uh, I have more productive conversations, uh, probably because it's mostly with my friends on social media uh, than I do uh, trying to explain things to my parents in person. Um, but mm. I think either <laughs> they've gotten to a place or I've gotten to a place where I know it's sort of an ongoing conversation and I try not to, well, this is a bad thing I do. I try to be very <laughs> uh, cryptic about, like, me and why things matter. Um, but I try not to be as emotionally vulnerable when I am having these conversations uh, with my parents. And that has worked better for me. Yeah, I don't tend to talk about this kind of thing with my parents very much, but they follow me on social media. So <laughs> if there's anything they need to know about my outspoken opinions, then they're all out there. Yeah, that's one way to do it. Except right now, because I'm taking a sl slight break from social media, the only <laughs> way to know about my outspoken opinions is to listen to this podcast. It all comes together. Um, you're full on increasing your social isolation, right? Yes. Um, I will say the exception to that is next week I go to the dentist and I wish, <laughs> I wish I could, uh, keep that away and but generally aside from that yeah we're getting our groceries delivered and we are still retreating for rest of june and at least into july hmm. this past week we got some further clarification from my my office about well from not really from my office from the university as a whole as to what its plans are for the fall and they are definitely intending to have students back on campus although their course loads will be some mix of online and in person courses and there's going to be measures put in place that will that will affect employees as well like for instance we are i mean we refer to ourselves as a vertical campus because it's a relatively small number of buildings that have a lot of floors. And uh, so we rely heavily on elevators, which are always, you know, traffic jammed throughout the day, especially when classes are changing. And I'm on the 13th floor of the building I work on. So many floors. It, it's it's a lot of floors. And so um, most people would consider that not a feasible walk upstairs, I think. I, I think there are very few people who would want that to be part of their routine. So uh, ordinarily we will pack, you know... 10 to 12 people into an elevator and we are now being told that elevators I think are going to be three people per elevator. <laughs> so I don't know what that's going to be like, but yeah, I think, I think the main thing I'm concerned with in terms of going back to work is transportation. Like, I don't know. I know you've expressed in the past envy of my train lifestyle, <laughs> my former train lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be a while before I feel comfortable taking a train again. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it is for good reason because like, I guess scientific, like nothing has changed, even though everyone's behavior is now changing. Like nothing scientifically has changed to make things safer. It's just making the unsafe thing more people are, are doing it or being told they have to do it. I, I wonder, like, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. Like, did your university, like, ask for you or other workers for feedback like what do you all want to do in the fall kind of thing no one like specifically came to me and asked me my opinion but they've they've made that available they've made it available for you to um 
expressed that. And the head of my department has has met with pretty much everyone to to talk through what they're comfortable with. And so I think in terms of who comes back to campus and when uh, and how often those people are coming back to campus, I think they're going to be very flexible with that to the point where I feel like if I if I told them, no, I'm not comfortable coming into campus at all. I want to continue working from home even after campus opens. They probably would be fine with that, um, at least in the short term. But the official start of employees returning to campus is August 3rd. I don't know, that's still a long time for a lot of development to happen, for things to get dramatically better or dramatically worse in the (laughs) Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And I don't think it's necessarily true that nothing has changed scientifically because I feel like tests are more available now than they were before. And we have at least some more information about surfaces and how things transmit. So I I feel like we're better armed with information than we were before, but it's definitely not, we're not in the clear. Whereas I feel like people are now starting to think of ourselves as being in the clear just because they're tired of hearing that we're not. (laughs) Yeah. I guess one as one of um, my family's uh, retreating uh, tasks, I went with my mom for, I believe, the last time to go to her office where she was going in every week to, like, mail out paychecks. And they point blank sort of instructed all their employees who are considered high risk or if you're over 65, they have said you cannot come back in to work in the office. You should work from home. So it was kind of weird. Uh, She had to like clear off her desk as if she was like never coming back ever to make it easier for the building to continue cleaning like the office. And I think like out of a building of maybe 200 like employees who were working there, maybe like a dozen or so are going to be coming back in person and they are like reopening in person this month but they're doing it in shifts and my mom like this was the last time she's going to be physically going in for the foreseeable future. Hmm. Yeah, we're also we're also going to be doing shifts, but um they also are offering early retirement to people. Um I think the normal retirement age would be 65, but for employees 62 and over, if they just don't want to like just go, okay, screw this, like why even bother going back? Then they can they can do that. That's one way. And also they announced last week, we had we had this like town hall meeting, they called it, where the president of the university was speaking to all faculty and staff. And she said that they are doing a certain number of furloughs, mm. uh, like temporary furloughs. But rather frustratingly, she didn't really give a sense of how many. Like, I don't know if it's 1% of the total workforce or like 40% of the workforce or 60% of the workforce. Like, so I have no idea the extent to which that's going to impact me and the people I work with. But they said that we're going to find out by the end of this week, which is, that's a stressful way to roll that information out. Yeah. They spoke a little bit about like the uh, factors that will be considered in terms of who will be furloughed and who will not. And I feel like personally, I am on the edge of some of those. Like one of the things they're doing is they're furloughing people who just can't do their job without coming back to campus. So like Mm. if your job is not one that can be done remotely, then you're going to be considered for furloughing. If you do, if you have job duties that are not urgent, that like you work on projects that could be postponed for a few months, then you're likely to be furloughed. I feel like my office has been more productive during the pandemic than most. So they may see that, you know, just let us keep doing our thing, but or they may decide that like, eh, th- these people can 
take a month off and come back. Can you define, like, I've never been in a situation of being furloughed. Is it you have no work and they do not pay you, but you are still employed? Or there any diff, like, what does it mean? I don't really know what the technical definition of furlough means in general. I mean, they've given us some information about what it will mean in our case, that the people who are furloughed will not report to work either in person or remotely for, I think, about six weeks, with the possibility of that being extended. They will not receive pay, but they will continue to receive benefits, and they will uh, be expected to return to work uh, at the end of that time. So, And during the time, I believe they will be allowed to uh, collect unemployment. So basically, it's just like your employment is on freeze, where you don't you don't lose your your benefits, you don't lose your job, you just are on pause. Yeah, like suspended animation. That yeah, yeah, not ideal. No, it's not, especially if like you have rent to make and bills to pay. Like you know, almost everyone <laughs> does. <laughs> I don't know. They also mentioned that there will be a number of permanent layoffs as well, but that number is going to be very low. Like they said that across the entire university. It's only going to be maybe 10 or 12 people total. So I'm not terribly worried about getting hit by that because I don't think I don't think that's likely to hit me. But it may hit members of my team. I don't I don't know. Um, I, I wish they wouldn't like announce that in the most anxiety inducing way possible. <laughs> yeah. Mm. If you do end up uh, going into your physical office, um, I wonder one thing my mom's work did is they put like little stickers in the elevators and it's like with your feet stickers Mm. and in the elevators everyone needs to like stand in their corner and face the corner as they go up and it has like sticker 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 for each person it reminds me of like a dungeons and dragons grid (laughs) where everyone has their like one space on a typical grid for D D is five feet square and like that's your space that you occupy and no one can come into that space without triggering certain (laughs) mechanical considerations that like that complicate things. So, like, there there is an official rule in 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 the various realms of D anD D, like Faerun or whatever, that uh, social distancing is in effect at all times. Or, or else you like begin uh, melee combat with. <laughs> yeah, like you start whoever you have encountered. You have to start grappling or whatever. Roll initiative. Yeah, so that's that's something I've been anxious about the the whole work thing. So that's been fun. Yeah, that is a fun <laughs> way to occupy your time. Uh, I've been pretty, I, just today especially, um, pretty nostalgic um, with especially the Supreme Court cases. Like, I don't know if you can, like, remember 2015 when the Supreme Court ruling for marriage equality was passed, but that was, like, a pretty big defining year for me. And that moment also is one that uh, I still think about. And so... That's just sort of where I've been uh, mm. all day. <laughs> that yeah, that uh, of course I remember that. That but that it was very strange when that happened because it, it felt like in in such a such a relatively short span of time we had we had gone from like seeming like it would be like a long uphill battle to to make same sex marriage um, legally available in all fifty states, and then all of a sudden the Supreme Court just made it so all at once, and now we're at a point where. It seems far outside the mainstream for anyone to advocate otherwise, whereas during Obama's first run for president in 2008, he didn't support gay marriage because it was it was considered something of a fringe position at the time. And now it's just like 
the law of the land, and it's like, if you don't like it, tough. Don't get gay married. Um, these Sometimes these Supreme Court cases just come out of nowhere. And, uh, well, they don't really come out of nowhere. Like, like this was on the docket, but I don't, I don't think anyone expected that this was going to be the inevitable result. Yeah, especially, like, with Brett Kavanaugh being on the Supreme Court. It was sort of like, when I thought about Supreme Court cases coming in June, I was like, maybe don't think about it because it may make things worse. Yeah. No, I have, like I said, I have not been paying close attention to the news today. How along what lines did that, did that break? Like who, um, who do you know who voted for what? I know or it was, do you not get that deep in the weeds? <laughs> I know it was a six, three ruling. Wow. I bet I can find out Supreme Court LGBT decisions today. Thank you, Google. But yeah, um, I guess if I can, I don't know, uh, in the weeds of like 2015, I went with a friend in, I believe it was April, when they, at that time, in person, because we lived in a different world, they had like in-person oral arguments for the um, marriage equality case, which was um, a hard to pronounce name. It was uh, Obergefell v. Hodges was the case. We like woke up at 6 a.m. in the morning, uh, took a train, wonderful, to D.C. and had to wait in line for the, like, privilege of standing uh, at the very back behind curtains in the Supreme Court room uh, for, like, three minutes. And then they, like, they kick you out of the room. Um, So we did that. And I don't know where I'm going with this. It was, was, like, really... a meaningful thing for me at that time uh, because long story short 2015 was like the worst year of my life and uh, one of my friends at school who happened to be lesbian she was killed and this was like I don't know weeks after that and one thing I thought about then and one thing I think about now is that this wasn't something that my friend got to see happen um, even though it was something that would have meant a lot to her mm. and I don't know. There's like a, a bit of bittersweetness that happened for 2015. Um, and, and in the like LGBT community in general, like when a lot of the weight was being thrown behind pushing for marriage as opposed to other kinds of health care and protections, like that was just where the weight of the movement got thrown. Um, and when marriage equality was passed, there was sort of like a saying where you can still get married Sunday, but be fired Monday for being uh, LGBT at your job. And a lot of piecemeal sort of states and counties have worked to change that. But it, it yeah, it just was really nice to have, in a way, this is like, almost a bigger thing for me personally because I don't know if I ever intend to get married but unfortunately I do intend to like have a job mm. <laughs> one day and there like there's still issues um obviously but like just having that on the record is really nice um I don't think Google wants to tell me who voted to support this but let's see yep it's behind a paywall thanks thanks Wall Street Journal well I'm, I'm sure you can actually read the decision uh for free. Yeah, I believe. Have you ever read one of those? <laughs> I've like listened to uh, oral arguments, like not just the three minutes in person, but like uh, when C-SPAN or someone would broadcast it. Mm. Uh, but I have not really uh, read too many legal arguments because 
they're dense. They are. They are. Sometimes uh, I've read a few of them. Like I remember I read um, um, I read the one you were just referring to, Burger v. v. Hodges. Is that, is that what it is? Yeah, you got um, it. I've read Burwell v. Hobby Lobby, which is the one that allows for-profit corporations to um, be exempt for religious reasons from abortion or contraceptive health care. Um, that was a fun one. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. Partially, I, I think part of it is like having been a – student of like philosophy like but not not a student of law but like the way that the opinions are laid out and argued is sometimes kind of um i don't know it's, it's sometimes interesting to me um maybe, maybe that trivializes the historic importance of these so like oh it's a fun little logic puzzle thing but uh i don't know just to to kind of get a window into the way the way these things are are decided and reasoned through, or at least the rationalization that happens after the fact for people who are like clinging to a particular point of view and then trying to cite case law and make a logical argument on definitions of words and things like that. It it it's a weird way to to decide what should be allowed. Yeah, I mean, it's like should it be necessary to like debate the humanity of people in a court? No, but yeah, to to go through the nuances of that can can be interesting and like because of our society it's it's necessary to sort of play that game if the listener is wondering uh and hasn't already uh looked up themselves brett kavanagh uh samuel alito and clarence thomas were the three no who ruled Mm. minority i guess they said no um okay so this is a quiz i guess of quick name the other six supreme court justices uh they all said yes so gorsuch gorsuch was was in favor yeah and i think that was what this article is saying is that that was like a a big surprise he was the guy was he i don't i'm not gonna he was i don't remember this trump's first uh he was trump's guy first appointee It says, two of the court's Republican appointees joined the court's Democratic appointees to deliver an unexpected 6-3 triumph hmm. for LGBT a- advocates. I uh, wonder how the president feels about that. Yeah. And so I believe, I do not know, I am not a lawyer, but um, from what some of the advocacy groups that I follow have said, this Supreme Court ruling voids Trump's own sort of proclamation that uh, he made the shitty decision uh, or someone in his administration made the decision to announce on the anniversary of the Orlando Pulse nightclub shooting um, that healthcare providers could deny uh, healthcare to people for being LGBT. Like, I believe that makes it void or that advocacy groups I follow believe that makes it void. It's probably still gonna like, as with anything, there's like what the rule is and there's what like random doctors are still gonna do but yeah sorry trump i wonder uh if oh this this is gonna sound like a ham-fisted attempt to tie this conversation back into the pandemic but i wonder if the pandemic played any kind of role in the decision of those conservative justices to break ranks and and join with the the liberal counterparts because i don't know I i feel like i feel like there's a sort of psychological anything can happen feeling because like it's clear that when we get to the other end of this our society is going to be organized in a in a different way like there's going to be a lot of things that are different like there seems to have been like an overnight shift in public opinion about about police and about the the black lives matter movement and and about the role that racism plays in our society and i wonder if people's strongly held biases are held a little bit more loosely now yeah i mean i hope so 
there's also like I don't know today particularly I like I I don't know what is going on with the Supreme Court justices who joined in but like I don't know I don't care about them so much like <laughs> if if they want to if they want to like get with it now that's fine and obviously it made a difference but it's almost like I don't know we don't need them <laughs> um I am still sort of down in the weeds of the case which is bad because I'm not an expert but I believe if not Oberfell v. Hodges, one of the similar cases was a partner trying to, like, get their other partner's name to be on their death certificate um, after they'd passed away. And for this case, the woman who brought this case to the Supreme Court, um, she was a transgender woman who was fired from her job at a funeral home, and her name was Amy Steffens. She passed away just a few weeks ago, so she never, she she didn't see the outcome of the case that has changed everything for people. So it's good that, you know, like a few weeks ago, I guess Mitt Romney was out there like at a Black Lives Matter protest. And it's like, yeah, great, good. All right, Mitt Romney. Uh, good for you. Um, and every so often, um, my parents will I don't know, sort of fawn over, like, some Republican a few weeks ago was, like, military, retired military generals who were, like, Trump did a bad thing. Like Madison. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. And it's like, I get it. I, I get it. I, I don't think it's for me, for me, but, like, I don't, I don't care. But it, it is, I guess, uh, a sign of, like, times or, or the discourse changing where, these like wiggly republicans even feel like oh shit like even i i need to move a little bit over yeah yeah i mean i don't know it's there, there are some there are some politicians for whom it seems there is no appealing to their better nature so might as well put social pressure on them instead yeah um did you keep a diary this past week as per our uh, action item. Hell yeah, I did. I, I really was very good at journaling this week. I journaled sometimes, uh, like multiple times in the same day, uh, which was very good for me. I, uh, yeah, I was not, I, and I need to be, but, um, especially I have found that like, I will have stupid things I want to say or pithy observations and I will want to tweet them. But because right now I am not using Twitter, that, that energy will just dissipate within my brain. (laughs) No, you got to write that shit down. Yeah, yeah. I got to gotta get that. I have a journal, and I'm looking at it right now. It's on my desk. I just, I don't know. I've only cracked it once or twice since the pandemic, and I, I really I really should be doing it every day, but I'm, I'm not. Yeah. There are several things I should be doing more often than <laughs> I'm doing in the pandemic, like, you know, cleaning and making my bed and, you know, all yeah. kinds of stuff like that. I don't know if this, for me, was like a sign of personal growth or self-esteem or like laziness, <laughs> but I always used to like... Um, when I would journal, I would write in pencil and, you know, sort of like, eh, I don't know how much confidence I have in what I'm saying. Uh, so if I need to completely erase it, I have that ability. And over the years I've like now, I just exclusively, uh, write in pen, Mm. sometimes multiple colors of pen. And I don't know if that may, I I don't know the symbolism of that, but (laughs) it's at least, uh, internally, I feel like. It's my journal, and it is only for me, so it doesn't matter. You know, like, that is that is supposed to be indulgent. So even if it is stuff that, I don't know, if I put it elsewhere, 
uh, someone would say, like, what are you doing? <laughs> it that's that's where it goes. It goes in the journal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it can be my my journal at the times when I do journal. My journal can just be complete garbage. Or um, that's fine. <laughs> I'm not I'm not creating it for anyone's consumption. Not even really my own. Oh, see, I I enjoy reading my journals more more like honestly more than I do writing them. I I write it to later read back over it. Hmm. Yeah, for me for me it's more just the act of writing is like just getting things out of my head and like thinking about them a different way is helpful but there's a lot of cringe material in my journals so you can always uh like fill a journal and then like i don't know burn it afterward yeah i could do that i could do that i don't know if we want to create a new action item i still haven't i haven't journaled nor have i gone to the cemetery <laughs> that's well i'll add a, a hard one for me but i don't know ho- hopefully a simple one for you um but brush your teeth mm. is my action item because i am afraid <laughs> You're afraid of I'm, brushing your teeth? Uh, not brushing my teeth, but I'm afraid of uh, what the dentist will say to me. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. All right, I could do that. I mean, I already do that every day, but... I do not. Um, I am going to assign an action item, and the action item is to pick one of the movies on um, Ryan Johnson's list of 1970s mu- movie musicals and watch it. Um, yeah, this is, uh, as part of the, um, the weekly movie night that I am a part of, um, we've been going through a list of, list of 1970s movie musicals curated by Ryan Johnson. Some of them are very good. Some of them are incredibly bad. (laughs) And last night we watched a very bad one, but some of them are well worth watching. We watched, um, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, which was... Is that a bad one? It was astonishingly bad. Uh, it does not feature the Beatles, in case you were wondering. I never gave it a moment's thought, but <laughs> that sounds delightful. Yeah, uh, no, uh, it stars the Bee Gees and Peter Frampton, and it's it's so it's like barely watchable. But there are some some very good ones in there. So I'll link I'll link that in the uh, in the show notes. So if you'd like to take me up on that, you or the listeners can uh, can peruse what's there. Pete's Dragon is on there. That was good. <laughs> I know I accept that challenge. Okay, cool. Um, all right, so I think that's it for, for now. All right, so I guess uh, as we end every episode, until next time, uh, stay distant. Go the distance. Go the distance.